Hello, Marvelites! You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 406. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine Sink, human woman, uh, Martian. Ooh. You know, you can be a Martian, but also a human woman. Tell me more. I was born on Marsha. <laughs> Dang it, Lorraine! <laughs> it's too early for this nonsense. I got Triple P! Yeah, you got us all. It was great. Uh, if you are just tuning into This Week in Marvel, Lorraine's going to make some great jokes and destroy all of us in the room. Uh, we are going to talk about all kinds of stuff that's happening at Marvel, uh, within Marvel, around Marvel. We're going to look at comics and movies and TV shows and everything. Uh, we're going to have some history. We're going to have an interview. This is a, a whole lot of show. This is the whole orange. Yeah, I was like... The rind, the fruit inside... This is like if this were a jump rope game, it would be inside, outside, on, all three. At first, I saw your brain go, it's the whole what, it's the whole what, it's the whole what. And then you're like, orange, orange, orange. Um, We don't tape early in the morning always, but yeah. I like it because yeah. I'm in a weird state at this place. My um, Also, like my filter hasn't kicked in yet it's terrific. for the day, so yeah. get ready, y'all. Filterless Lorraine is the best. <laughs> Let's start with some top news. First things first, of course, absolute carnage number one dropped this week. It is huge and it is awesome awesome uh one of my favorite issues of the year it's uh written by donny kate's art by ryan stegman but there's a whole team working on it and they are firing all in all cylinders it's like 60 pages long i think yeah it's a big daddy and it's got all of the symbiotes basically all the symbiote uh hosts ever basically yeah that, that's that's through. part of the the idea behind it is it's bringing all the symbiotes together and it is a nightmare for many people as we'll start to see the first issue is so good. And I talked about it on the pull list this week and how, you know, we were doing uh, War of the Realms as mm -hmm. our big comic event during the spring and into the early summer. And that was a giant, epic fantasy superhero story. Yeah, so metal. It's so metal. And this is giant, epic, horror superhero yeah. story. And they are very different. They're both amazing. It's really, really good. My my favorite was I was working on an explainer piece on Carnage. And just looking at the art, it's like him taking babies. Like it, Carnage pulls no punches. He's a not nice mean boy. And that's what you can expect from this. Yeah, topic. not nice mean boys all around. But we have those sweet, sweet boys, Ryan and Donnie. <laughs> uh, they're actually going to be in the office next week. We're going to do a bunch of stuff with them. I also, I wanted to put this at the top of the show. I want to give a shout out and uh, much love to Jimmy Yearn and Chantal Claret. Uh, they are my friends. And they've recently had twin girls, sweet, sweet little babies. Uh, Jimmy has done all the music for This Week in Marvel for the last few years. So if you listen to the show... You hear Jimmy's work with us every single week. Uh, he also did the music for Marvel's The Pullist. And he was also a Ravager, a, uh, the Ravager Half-Nut in Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. The babies were born a couple weeks ago. I thought about saying something right when they were born, but I just wanted to give them a little time to, you know, open their eyes or, you know... Be like, babies? Yeah, when they have the gills open up for the first time. Whatever happens to babies... Ryan have you seen a baby before? No, I'm, I'm familiar with the concept. They, you know, like you put them in the water and then, and they, then go. they just swim away from you and return at 18. Yeah. Yeah. That's a baby, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but uh, everybody's healthy and happy. Uh, Shanty's been posting pics on her IG every day as well as Jimmy. Um, and it, it's really, really sweet. Uh, if you can, give them a, a tweet. Uh, it's just Jimmy Urin or Chantal Claret, C-H-A-N-T-A-L-C-L-A-R-E-T, both on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and just congratulate them. 
Look oh. at their sweet baby pics. That's so nice. Congrats on your babies. Two for the price of one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, we also have a big interview this week with the rock band Skillet. Ryan, you say y'all a lot when you're with them. I, But I say it all the time, and then they, they like pick up on it because they're like, we never hear nobody say y'all. And they're like, I can't help it. Now I'm going to say it more. It is what it is. Y'all. Yeah. It's when you get married to a Southerner, and she starts saying y'all, and I say y'all. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Uh, but that's our top of the show. We have to talk about things we're hyped about this week, comma, Including news, because uh, there's some fun stuff. You left out the colon. <laughs> there's a colon on there that is silent. Why doesn't I the was, colon get any love, Ryan? For a second, I thought you your brain broke and thought a comma was a colon. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, Early no, Lorraine has, has oh. failed us. <laughs> All Something broke in her brain, and she doesn't know what a comma is anymore. Oh, I uh, thought you were going to think I was just talking about colons. <laughs> Different kind of colon. Uh, yes. Things were hyped about this week. Comma, including news, colon. <laughs> First up, uh, Marvel Live has returned this week with myself and Angelique Roche talking about Marvel costumes uh, with artist Andy Kubert. Uh, we actually got him to draw... A uh, mix-up of two characters he originally designed, which was the Age of Apocalypse Wolverine and Vengeance, the uh, frenemy of Ghost Rider. Uh, Wolvengeance, he called them, mm. uh, which was great. Uh, our guest was Tom Broker from uh, Saturday Night Live. He's an Emmy Award winner. He's the costume designer for SNL and many other shows. Our next episode is Tuesday, August 13th, 4.30 p.m. on the Marvel Twitter. Our guests will be Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman. Uh, so, you know, if you're you're hyped about Absolute Carnage, them boys going to be here. Yeah, ask him about the Not Nice Mean Boys. Not Nice Mean Boys, but sweet, sweet. Good boys. Yeah, there we go. I'm also really excited. My pal Sam Maggs is going to be writing a YA novel starring Nadia Van Dyne, a.k.a. The Unstoppable Wasp, as well as the Genius in Action Research Labs, a.k.a. The Girls of Girl, all those cool girl girls. Uh, it's coming in 2020. Sam actually told me about this a couple of months ago, so I'm really glad that we can talk about it Yay. now. Yay. Um, Sam right now is working on an IDW Kids comic that is Captain Marvel, and it is all flurkin all the time it's like tons of flurkins are invading and they have like little jobs and things that they do and like maybe some clothing items it's super super cute so you can check out her work on captain marvel there as we get excited i'm so excited because i love nadia yeah that's gonna be great uh very excited i know we have a lot of listeners who are big fans of of those comics so now getting a ya book it's great um you also went to the x games yeah and i hurt myself yeah you did <laughs> walking around with a cane so i have adopted the moniker of sugar cane that's right sugar cane uh i take that name sugar cane uh partially because we had a character named sugar man mm -hmm. uh, an x-men villain but Nick Lowe, whenever he would say the character, would always say, Sugar Man. And I, it's always stuck in my brain. So uh, I have taken on the, the name Sugar Cane, who is a hero now, but someday will turn dark and evil. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't uh, push him over the edge. Yeah. Uh, Sugar Cane, because I'm walking with a cane for the next couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. but you look cool yeah we'll see uh <laughs> one last thing this week i was a guest on the marvelists podcast uh which was a lot of fun uh we actually did the uh, 80th anniversary challenge um and all three of the marvelous guys attempted it and it was and they know their stuff they like they know marvel characters and history 
And what I noticed both at our panel and doing this with folks uh, there was that you either slow down and break at the 30-second mark or at the 30-character mark. Interesting. Yeah, they all, like, at 30 seconds, they, they just sort of slow down a lot or they hit 30 characters and just something changed. And then I noticed that at the panel as well. Yeah. It was really weird. That is weird. I Let's go hop on a psychology website and see. <laughs> your brain can only hold 30 things at a time. That's right. Yeah. But that was a lot of fun. You can check that out wherever you get your audio, probably however you got this. It is called The Marvelists, I-S-T-S. Yeah. Um, tell us about the Twim URC thing this week. Ryan, you do it. <laughs> wow. Early Lorraine is best Lorraine. Uh, our Twim URC, which is our This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club, for uh, the 2000s is coming real soon. That should be uh, hitting the feed within the next two weeks. Uh, uh, C.B. Sobolski, Marvel Comics Editor-in-Chief, and I talk about three of the biggest events in Marvel Comics history, House of M, Civil War, and World War Hulk, which happened uh, 2005 through 2007. Uh, those were sort of prime time for us hitting events and so influential on so many levels. That episode will drop, I believe, August 21st. As I said, uh, you'll still have time to send some questions, thoughts, memories about those books. We can always record something and drop it into the episode. Um, but it's a lot of fun having reread all three of those stories this week in preparation and remembering, you know, like all those big moments and the gorgeous art and like so cool. Oh, absolutely. And I want to remind everybody that the Unlimited Reading Club means Marvel Unlimited where you can get a subscription and get access to 25,000 comic books and counting. It's a ton of comics are on there. You can read these there and follow along with these guys. So just so you know, in case that isn't preface. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank Remember you, Lorraine. That? Yeah. Remember that? All right. Why don't we talk about this week in Marvel history, colon. <laughs> you got me with the colon. Uh, yes, we are talking about Twim history from August 9th through August 15th across our 80 years. Uh, let's go to August 9th, 1962. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby keep things rolling along in Fantastic Four number eight, introducing Alicia Masters and her father, the Puppet Master. Really important one here because Alicia... Alicia would remain one of the most important FF supporting characters, finally making an honest man out of your boy Ben Grimm in the current run by writer Dan Slott. And Puppet Master uh, continues to, of course, be a thorn in the Fantastic Four side, currently making trouble for the newlyweds on their honeymoon. Issue number 13 of the current Fantastic Four series is so friggin' good. It is really, really good. Worst father-in-law Ever. Yeah, maybe so. Another FFO debuts in the Human Torch story by Stanley, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby in Strange Tales number 102. It is the wizard! And there's a child, <laughs> a child-aged, less evil clone of the wizard who is currently in the pages of Future Foundation. I wish you got as excited to talk to me as you were about the wizard just then. <laughs> the wizard! <laughs> All right, August 11th, 1964 is so big, let's split it up a little bit. Sure. Um, Tales of Suspense number 59 is the first of the series featuring Captain America in his own story. Cap was in the previous issue, but starting here, Cap shares top billing on the book alongside Iron Man. Uh, this would continue for a few years until 
issue 100, where Cap would take over the title entirely as it's renamed Captain America and Iron Man gets his own solo series. Oh, and this issue also includes the first appearance of Edwin Jarvis, the Stark family butler and uh, beating heart of many an Avengers squad. What a nice boy. Yeah, he's a sweet, sweet boy. Uh, over in Amazing Spider-Man number 18, Stanley and Steve Ditko introduced Ned Leeds into the pages of the book. Of course, Ned adapted most recently into the uh, the films. Yeah. Um, Wonder Man, <laughs> your, boy, your iconic boy, Simon Williams. Not iconic. Ionic. Oh, yeah. Ionic. You're right. It <laughs> does say ionic. He's made of ionic whatever juice. Yeah. It wonders. Yeah. Wonders. Um, he debuts in Avengers number nine by Stan Lee and Don Heck. Uh, Simon is given massive power by Baron Zemo and the Masters of Evil in order to defeat the Avengers. He switches sides a few times uh, this issue before seemingly dying. That's like a thing he does yep. a lot. He would also share some brain patterns and an X uh, with the Vision. Uh, I'm talking about Scarlet Witch, of course, which is one of my favorite weird love triangles. Yeah, it's something. It's weird. Yeah. Does she love Wonder Man or does she love Vision? Dun, dun, dun. Or is Vision just Wonder Man's mind? He did come back at, at one point later on and he's like, I don't want to be Wonder Man no more. After one of his many disassemblings, and he, he ditches Wonder Man's brain. Yeah. Um, in the letter section of Fantastic Four number 32, we printed a letter from a young fan named George R.R. R. Martin. Uh, he praises the work of Stan, Jack, and the crew in FF number 29, but also points out something they missed and ends with his letter by saying, I wish you good luck on all your forthcoming books, but Stan, don't pull any more returning villains out of your hat. Next time, tell us how they remade the scene. Okay? Okay. I, I so had to sassy. Put that in there. Yeah, he's like... He's like, if, if we talk about, you know, some fans want certain things out of mm-hmm. books. It's always been this way. Fans are like, we want it this way. And that was two and a half years into the modern Marvel age. It's wild. Um, was it you or or Blake of yesteryear who talked to George R. R. Martin and he talked about how he read so many Marvel comics growing up and that's why he loves to kill everybody. I think it was everybody me. dies so much. Yeah. Oh, man. What a guy. August 9th, 1966, Mary Jane Watson makes her full debut after many a tease of their impending meeting with Peter Parker, the boy next door. Um, And she says the iconic phrase, not ionic Mm -mm. phrase, uh, face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man number 42 by Stan Lee and John Romita. Oh, such a good one. All right. Uh, All right, let's skip up to August 13, 1968. Fantastic Four Annual number six is one of the biggest, boldest, most bombastically beautiful and bodacious books of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's run is released on that date. You like that alliteration? I really did. I went full Stan Lee on that one. Yeah, you really did. Uh, Sue goes into labor and Reed believes she's in grave danger because there's cosmic radiation in her blood. So Reed is like, he decides to go to the negative zone and get some antimatter to save her because, of course, that's the science behind it. And uh, Ben and Johnny join, and we get to have this incredible adventure with the trio battling Annihilus, who makes his first appearance there. In addition to Annihilus, the issue also introduces the cosmic control rod, which is what uh, Annihilus uses to stay in power in the negative zone, and sees the birth of his an as-yet-unnamed Franklin Richards. I wrote a big, long thing about Annihilus a while back, and I don't know why, but I just find the Cosmic Rod to be hilarious because it's really just a stick that's like, I'm all powerful! It looks like a pill case. It's just, and he, he puts it like right on his chest. It's like, sure, great. Great, amazing. August 12th, 1969. 
Nice. Yeah. Carol Danvers gets caught in the crossfire between Marvell and Yonrog in Captain Marvel number 18, a moment that seemingly led to her powers and becoming Ms. Marvel. There's also a big issue that week full of debuts in Avengers number 69 with the Grand Master. Wait, uh, what, what was it? Hmm? What issue? Oh, Avengers 69? Nice. Great. <laughs> Uh, it introduced the Grandmaster, the Squadron Sinister, Hyperion, Dr. Spectrum, Nighthawk, and a new wizard. Nice. <laughs> All making the scene for the first time this issue. And in Amazing Spider-Man number 78 by Stanley and John Buscema. 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 <laughs> Someday, you guys, I'll never say it right. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, John Buscema. Hopi Brown, a.k.a. The Prowler, clashes with Spidey for the first time. In an alternate universe, Hobie Brown becomes Spider-Punk. Squeeew. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> August 11, 1970, Captain Stacy, father of Peter Parker's girlfriend Gwen, dies heroically, saving the life of a child caught in the chaos of a Spider-Man-Dr. Octopus fight in the landmark Amazing Spider-Man number 90 by Stanley and Gil Kane. Can I just... I'm, I, I don't mean to make this so long, but... I did a top 10 deaths episode of our top 10 series, and almost all of the deaths happened to Peter Parker. And the saddest thing is that side by side, I'm looking at these deaths, and you see in when Captain Stacy dies, he's like, please take care of my daughter. Next one, Gwen Stacy dying in his arms. It's so sad. Yeah. I It's the only top 10 that's ever made me cry. Aww. I felt like a, I in a dark place when I was making it. I'm like, <laughs> Peter, your life is so messed up. Yeah, it's rough. It's so rough. August 22nd, 1981, Texas-based team The Rangers come together in Incredible Hulk number 265 by Bill Mantlo and Sal Buscema. 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 Oh, please, just drag me on Twitter. Um, the team consists of Red Wolf, Texas Twister, Phantom Rider, the worst. I freaking hate Phantom, Phantom Rider. I hate him. You're yeah. dead to me, Phantom Rider. Of course. He, he's dead to everyone because uh, he's a ghost. Uh, Firebird and Shooting Star, the latter two who make their debuts in that issue. Nope. Uh, August 13th, 1991 is a huge X-Men day as X-Men number one and Uncanny X-Men number 281 both release. So all the X-Books go through big changes at this point, but the two biggest are these two. X-Men number one is the big launch by Chris Claremont and Jim Lee, which sold millions of copies and we regard it as one of the seminal moments in X-Men history. But what is sometimes overlooked is what happened with Uncanny X-Men because Claremont had been writing the series for so long. For years and years and years, his legendary run ends with number 280. 281, which we're talking about, was plotted by Jim Lee and Wills Portasio with a script by John Byrne and uh, art by Portasio. It is a gorgeous issue. Gorgeous. I love, love Wills' art. Uh, it features the first appearance of time-traveling jerk-faced Trevor Fitzroy <laughs> and like the death of Emma Frost's young charges, the Hellions. The horrific panel of tarot being blasted by Sentinels is like... I can close my eyes and I see exactly that image of that panel because I remember reading and rereading that issue. And it is when I think of Emma Frost, that's one of the, the things that is so defining to me is like the horror that she goes through. She was trying to teach these kids and they are all murdered in the space of like five minutes and it almost breaks her. But she's so strong. And all she wants to do is teach and, and, and like be awesome. I love Emma Frost. That only almost makes me like her. But 
Not Don't quite. mess with my girl, Jean. Fair. There. Okay, August 12th, 1998, a fine year. The Winter Guard, Rush's answer to the Avengers, is seen for the first time in the pages of Iron Man number 9 by Kurt Busiek and Sean Chen. They've recently been in the pages of the Avengers and have had numerous members over the years, including Red Guardian, Steel Guardian, Ursa Major, Dark Star, the Crimson Dynamo, a classic, uh, Red Widow, and Moore. Yeah, and I know everybody wants to know more about Red Guardian, so just putting that out there. Uh, August 15th, 2001, Barnell Bohusk, a.k.a. Beak, debuts in the pages of New X-Men number 117. He looks like a chicken man. <laughs> August 13th, 2003, Neil Gaiman and Andy Kubert reimagine the Marvel Universe of long ago in Marvel 1602. Peter Parkour and uh, all those dudes. I love all the name changes. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah, I haven't read that in years. At some point, I want to go back and, and give it a give it a look. It's a delight. Yeah. That is all our history, but we do have to talk about top books from this week's episode of Marvel's The Pull List. These include Absolute Carnage number one, Future Foundation number one, House of X number two, and Immortal Hulk number 22. Some really good books this week. Uh, of course, you can subscribe to Marvel's Pull List wherever you get your podcast. Watch video versions on Marvel.com. And uh, yeah, just hit me up if you have any like requests of like, what should I read? I'll tell you. I read every single Marvel comic every week. Or die. No, don't die. Oh, Who's dying? Wait, what? I don't know. Okay. I just wanted to support you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Instead of dying, how about continuing to listen to this episode? Because our interview is coming up now. It is with the rock band Skillet. We had Jen Ledger, John Cooper, Corey Cooper, Seth Morrison. Uh, the, the folks were here. And their new album, Victorious, is available right now. They're really sweet. I Actually, they came back again within the last two weeks um, to tour around John and Corey's son. Uh, and it's, uh, it was really sweet, showing them everything Marvel. They're great. They're really sweet people. Well, listen to this piping hot skillet interview. Hey, y'all. I'm here with John, Corey, Seth, and Jen from the band Skillet. How's everybody doing? Hey. What's up? Did I hear a hey, y'all in there? I did. Yeah, probably. I'm from the South. I, I, I don't know many people that say y'all. I love it. it <laughs> it's just the best way. How y'all doing? Yeah. I'm, I'm with warm. it. I'm from Memphis, so I know all about that. Nice. Uh, so th on This Week of Marvel, the way I always like to start is to ask my guests, like, what is your Marvel origin story for each of you? How did you first get connected to the Marvel universe of characters or stories? Some people have the wildest tales of like, I just had a pair of Spider-Man underoos when I was a kid, or <laughs> I had bed sheets, or I watched a cartoon, or some people are like, I just got into it because of the movies, and then I dove in. So uh, if each of you could tell me how you got in. Well, I'm going to start because I'm right next to you. This is John here. I wish you would not have said the underoos thing, because that is my story. <laughs> so, seriously, I'm, uh, you, you ruined my whole gig here. Oh. I'm, uh, but, but no, I mean, my earliest memory of what I had that was Spider-Man was underoos, but my, I had an older brother uh, who was four years older than me, and he was in, way into comics as far as long as I could remember. So I remember being a kid, and uh, the under the underoos was such a big thing at the time, and uh, and I had the I had the uh, the the Mego doll, you know, the oh, yeah. the twelve inch uh, Mego doll. That's the, what I remember. Three years old, and and I was all in. Yeah. They're the best. Oh yeah, and I still have um, a Mego that Mego doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You took yeah. him out of the package. He's yeah, not worth. Much yeah, I, I I rebought him in the package when I made money. <laughs> You're one of those. I like it. Uh, yeah, Kindred so spirit. I have him. I have him. <laughs> 
Let's see, my story would be full immersion when I started dating this guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I get it. It's like, how many more toys are we going to buy? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? Oh, this is Wolverine and he, this and this and this. I'm like, okay, full immersion, I'm in. She told me I had to like you too, and I told her she had to like comics. <laughs> that would so be, it's there good. you go, there you go. That's a great trade. I thought it's, I think yeah. it's Absolutely a great trade. Terrific. Right? Yeah. 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 So I'm in, my son's in. He tells me all the facts down in the mornings. We watch Marvel Comics, Spider Man, we watch uh, X Men, whatever, every morning. One of my co hosts was like, uh, we were waiting to start doing something, and he's like, you know, I've been listening to a lot of early U2. And I was just like, yeah, it's great. But it was out of the blue, and I was like, was there more to the story? He's like, no, they're just really good. Yeah, yeah. They're great. I love it. It's really like good. Remember that stuff. time that you. <laughs> Remember that song? Like good music. Yeah, that was great. Thanks, Tucker. Yeah. Uh, how about y'all? My brother was, Marvel was his jam. So Spider Man was his fave. And um, I, was, I was Wolverine when I was five for Halloween. I had the little claws that would. <laughs> I could you could hit the little slider and the claws would slide out. Yes. Yeah. Seth, I, I think if a little bit of of you know yeah. grooming, yeah. you could do it. You could. Yeah, but my arms are like two inches in circumference. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Seth's arms are as thick as the actual adamantium <laughs> surrounding yeah. the surrounding yeah. Wolverine's bones. But it's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was born in '88, so the '90s um, cartoons. Oh. I've like hosted panels and it would just the, the cartoon would come up and I would start doing that. I would start doing the theme yep. and you'd hear 500 people in a room instantly doing <laughs> it in unison. It. It's just like the coolest feeling. <laughs> it was great. Jen, what about you? I feel like the f- I think it was like my brothers had like a Sega game or an N64. I think it was Sega. I had that. And there yeah. was like this Spider-Man game. I just used to sit and watch them for hours. And then it was when I joined Skillet. I was 18 years old. And obviously, John Cooper and his son are like crazy fans of <laughs> Spider-Man and all of that. And I used to sit with their son, Zave, and draw comic books with him. Nice. So it was like one of our like bonding things before he could really speak is like we'd sit and sketch together. So that was pretty cute, too. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah. They were Hashtag adorbs. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so- you guys uh, visited the office a while ago, talked to Blake, yeah. uh, our former producer. Um, when you're celebrating, you were celebrating 20 years as a band at that time, right? That was 2016? Uh, yeah. That's yeah. Right. What is that like now? You're closer to 25 years. What, what's the last couple of years crazy. been? What's exciting for you guys right now? That sounded like an invitation to come back in two years. Yeah. I thought, yes! I, I mean, I don't always read people the right, in the right way. Open invite whenever y'all want. Uh, Thank you. Really I was. keep saying y'all, but that's just part of who I am. I, 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 thinking about I love it. it, man. I love y'all the way y'all are. <laughs> um, you know, let's see. Yeah, it, it, we did come here for, for that, and we had a record coming out then as, as well, and it was all kind of bundled into that same time. And then we are a few years later. Um, it's just been... Such a great ride. I mean, I think we're you, you definitely feel lucky to be in in entertainment industry for more than five years. Hardly anybody sticks around, and the fans have been really with us and supportive. And so, uh, I don't know. I'm always honestly to be 100 percent honest. I'm always amazed people still like us <laughs> because I think when you, especially when you, it took us a long time to get going. So I've, it took us a good 10 years before people really knew who we were. So I never quite got used to the fact that people really like really love the band so now i'm like really you still like us that's awesome let's make some more records man <laughs> yeah uh, what is it the 10th 
No, we'll talk about that. Um, but when we sat down, John, you started to show me a, li- a little leg. I was showing you a little <laughs> leg. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, happening? You were showing me a little leg. Yeah. You got some Marvel tattoos, right? I did. Yeah, I, I, I'd always kind of said, yeah, maybe one day I'll get like you know a Marvel tattoo or something. You know, and it's, it's one of those things you think about for a long time, and then you have to wait and make sure that your spouse is okay with that. You know, she's got to look at your... Because with this guy, it's not just maybe I'll get a Marvel tattoo. It's, oh, it's a whole leg. And it's, it's happening whole, in like two days. Whole cinem- okay. Cinematic universe. Like a year. Yeah. You got an yeah. entire leg done. You know? yeah. so, I, so I did. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so he did. He's yeah. all in, man. Yeah. She said it was okay. And, you know, I, I kind of chose... Uh, I kind of uh, kept it in um, some, some certain like periods of artwork that I really like. You know, because some, like, for instance, I got two Spider-Man tattoos. Spider-Man is the only one that gets two, two, two mentions, you know, um, because he's my favorite. And um, I went for Todd McFarlane. Uh, now, I fell in love with Spider-Man before that, but Todd McFarlane kind of changed Spider-Man for me, it, 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 which something I already loved and think I could love more. Loved when, when Todd McFarlane came on. That was kind of the, if I remember correctly, for when I first heard of Venom. And uh, was he the first artist to draw Venom? Um, well, so the symbiote shows up a little bit beforehand. There's cameos, but yeah, Venom shows up uh, at the end of 299, Amazing Spider-Man, and then in 300, and, and Todd was the artist on those. Okay, yeah. yes. Well done. Yeah, I, uh, I have to. You have, I, I, I have, have to. to have this Save, knowledge. Like, it's like David Save would approve. You, you know it either way because you <laughs> like, but you have but to. But I love it, yes. I yeah, love it, yeah, I mean, so that was good. You know, the... The Spider-Man series that started yep. with that Tom McFarlane yeah, did. One, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, so I was a huge fan. I thought Venom was just such a great character. So I have uh, Venom and Spider-Man fighting on my leg, and then I have just Spider-Man um, from, from Tom McFarlane. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, think about the number of things in, in uh, your life. I tell this to people when they ask about my tattoo. Um that you have loved your whole life. I mean, there's not that many things, you know, you go into, you know, things of your life. Oh, I really loved that when I was in sixth grade. I loved that in high school. The amount of things that, that I've loved since I can remember, there, there's only a few. Star Wars, um, comics, and, you know, rock music. Yeah. If, if you love it that much and you're willing to put it on your body forever, yeah, I mean, get into you it. still love it, you yeah. know. So it, oh, it, yeah. it's cool to have that things always that are nostalgic in a certain way that bring you back, but that are such a part of your life. It's hard to imagine without them. Yeah. So that's one of those things, you know. John, you collect. It seems like you collect a lot. You have yeah. toys, comics. What are some of the key issues or or items in your collection? You know, you. you it's funny because you have like the things that are like nostalgic. That mean a lot to you. Maybe they're not even, even the collector's things. Like things that I really love um, are some of the smaller things. Like um, I've got several issues of of the number one of Spider Man, the Todd McFarlane series. You we know. made a lot of variants of that one. Yeah, for, for I've folks got like I've you. got three color. I've got three <laughs> different colors of that one, and um, and I got number one of uh, uh, Punisher's War Journal. I've got s- several of those. Uh, it's things like that because that was when I first started. I mean, I had comic books already, and I read my brothers, and my parents cut me. But when I like made my own money, and I went to the store and bought my own comics, it was just something cool about that. Um, I like that quite a lot. I've got a life-size Spider-Man uh, that was, uh, if you remember, like the sharper image ones, probably around the time that the like the Tobey Maguire era uh-huh. films were coming out. I think that was Sharper Image that made that. We have a Spider-Man office here, a conference room that has a, a crouching Spidey that might be similar to what you Oh, have. cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I like that. You know, stuff like that was my yeah. first life size statue that I had. But first. Yeah, that was the first, first one. First of many? Yeah, first of I many. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Stuff like that. You Those have a Stan Lee signed thing, though, don't you? I've got a uh, Iron Man mask um, that was signed by Stan Lee, which is really cool. Nice. Um, that was given to me actually after, that was given to me while we were, we were uh, writing the, um, the last album. Yeah, we were in, we were writing so hard, and my A and R guy said, "I got something for you as a thank you for working so hard." And and I didn't know what it was going to be, and he sent me this Stan Lee Iron Man sign thing, which is cool. Yeah, uh, and I've got I have a I have a life size Iron Man bust as well. You know, like from the chest up, kind yeah. of a thing. That's pretty awesome. That's neat. Do you guys have things that you collect? Doesn't have to be Marvel, but like stuff that you obsess over, or you want to get. You're all like Nav. Oh, I've got like a, it's not to the extent of his, but I have like, I have a few busts and a little tiny spot. It's the mini Spider-Man bust of yours, actually. Yeah. And I'm a big baseball fan too, yeah. so I have a lot of baseball memorabilia. Yeah. Yeah, I have a small little collection. Like signed balls or autographs yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, like a world baseball classic bat that has like Joe Torre and some classic guys, so. That's cool. Jurassic Park. I do. I have a. Uh, he loves I think it's a fifth scale T Rex bust hanging on my wall. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's not. A, it's, he's not real. But <laughs> I, says who? It's a real. Have T-Rex. you seen Toy Story? Now you guys, you have a, a graphic novel coming out, right? It's called Eden. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. our first it's come, one. That's pretty wild. Yeah, I, I was looking at the like the character designs. And you're all in the book, and yeah. it's like finding the story. That's really deep. I'd love to talk about it. Yeah. Are tell, you, tell are you officially bit. asking me? Yes. Okay, tell us a little right. bit about the book. All right. For obvious reasons, it's really cool to be doing, you know, a graphic novel. I imagine. Yeah. And it's funny because I think that people have, have been thinking, you know, for 10 years, like, so will you guys ever do a comic book? It kind of makes sense because, you know, I talk about comics a lot. And um, we just, somebody called, uh, the company was called Z2 Comics, and uh, said, uh, well, have you guys thought about doing a graphic novel? And I was like, well, yeah, but I wouldn't know, you know, even how to get started. So we began uh, talking about it, and they said, uh, why don't you come up with some ideas? And I've always got, like, you know, little weird ideas, books, and because I love to read. And, and uh, I said, I'd love to. So we put together a quick concept, and it's just uh, – uh, we brought writers in. I didn't write it, but it was a concept. You didn't write this one. Yeah, you that, learn. That's you right. You figure it out. Yeah, writing's not easy. No. Um, yeah, from from concept to finished product, I've learned is a pretty is pretty big difference. But uh, it was really fun. It's kind of um, post apocalyptic. All the band members are in the book. Uh, we don't know each other in the book. Uh, me and Corey are married in the book, but, but and you don't know each other. That's <laughs> a really weird yeah, marriage. It's, 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 uh, John, that's real strange. <laughs> Very futuristic. You, Someone needs to tell you a little bit more about relationships in fiction. I know. <laughs> Intimacy. <laughs> major intimacy issues um but all the band we're not we're not skillet in the band but the care we're in there and but it's kind of post-apocalyptic and um a little bit like uh you know hunger games meets mad max or something like that but it, it's science fiction and uh kind of like to me like classic science fiction always has an element of philosophy spiritualism in it you know even or prophecies like dune and blade runner and those kind of films and uh, i love uh, spiritual things in science fiction because it's so philosophical and i just think that's really cool so it has a uh, has a little bit of that it's not 
religious. It just has like a feeling of, you know, otherworldliness that I think is kind of cool. And and uh, we're all looking for a better life. It, it's got some cool issues in it, you know, that like uh, decisions that have to be made about the greater good and things that might cost you as an individual or having to do something bad, but it's going to make life better, you know, those kind of things. You know, you're weighing evils in a certain way, and I think that's kind of cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, it's called Eden. It's coming out this summer? Yeah, it's coming out at uh, end of August. Uh, Eden, and you can uh, you can pre-order it now on Amazon um, or Skillet.com. Yeah, pretty yeah. cool. There's going to be a busy August then because the new record. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Going for it. It's <laughs> been cray, right? It's yeah. been really this year's – last year and a half has been so busy. Yeah. Yeah. The new album's called Victorious. Yeah, yes. I, I'm I'm interested in how in like the time between releases because I look at comics. We are creating comics monthly, sometimes right. every week or every other week. Uh, for television, you know, season you, you go for like two, three months of of shows, but then it's like every year. Movies, two to three years between. And for you guys, it seems like two to three years between yep. album releases as well. What's that process like? It's a little bit of that feeling like when you're, you know, you're if you're running a marathon, you don't know that you're doing well. It just feels like work. And then you get to the end of that two-year period of, of touring, radio visits, try, you know, playing shows, and you're like, oh, this is actually, people really like this record. We need to try it again. And then you, you start trying new stuff, but then you, you go, I, I don't want to get too far off from the last record because then people will be like, oh, they lost who they were, but you want to try something new. So they're like, this sucks. It's just like the last album. So you have all of these things you're weighing. And, and at the same time, you want to make something you believe in, like art that you like. So you, you put your heart and soul in these things. I always find that the greatest inspiration I have is when I'm on the road because I get to see the fans. It's all about the fans and the way they experience your music and seeing somebody sing your song out on the front row or hearing one of their stories. They come tell us a story after a, sh a concert about how your song helped their marriage or helped them through their parents' divorce. I met somebody that said, uh, I, 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 I went through a, a divorce. My wife left me and she took my kid. And my two-year-old, and I said I can never see the kid again. The court said unless I got off of drugs, I went into rehab, and because of your music. And when I was in rehab, I heard one of your songs, and it convinced me to stay clean and sober. And I'm five years clean and sober now, and now I get I get visits with my kid for the first time in five years because of this song. This is a grown man crying telling me this, and I'm thinking. That song, <laughs> my song, that's ridiculous to me. It's so cool, right? So I get so inspired by that that we just started writing on the road, didn't we? I was like, you know what? I don't want to wait until the end of two years and then write. We're just going to write and record because that's the most inspiration. So this album we made while we were touring, which made for a really busy year. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, but really inspiring stuff, you know? Yeah, it's very cool. It's exciting. It's Pretty cool. Year. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for coming. Absolutely. I really appreciate you coming by Marvel. Uh, I'm sure there's more stuff for you to see while you're here. We got tons. You know what? Can I give one more plug? It's random. Yeah. But it just crossed my mind. I do a, uh, a video podcast called Cooper Stuff. And one of my topics, uh, I named Marvel Rules. That's the name of the podcast. So oh, I guess it's true. Yeah, Marvel rules, yes. and I talk about why I think Marvel's so genius and what it means to me. So if people want to know what I think about lots of Marvel stuff, including all the MCU stuff, uh, Cooper stuff, you can find it on YouTube, iTunes, uh, that sort of thing. Okay, cool. One, Give me one tease. What's your favorite Marvel movie moment? 
Maybe for everybody. Anytime Scarlet Witch tees off is my favorite moment of the movie. But I would say most impactful, which means love and hate, is when Black Widow sacrifices herself. Oh, yeah. I'm like, man, they killed her off, but what a great moment. It was like such mixed emotions. They did it so well. They really did. I feel like we're all going endgame because it's so fresh in our minds. Sure. But, man, when all the portals opened. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to get the wait to get the Blu-ray and just like, oh my watch gosh. it on the 4K totally. and like look at all the scenes and like pick out was, oh that's where yeah. they put that person and, so cool yeah. yeah all of those moments I totally cried in every single one, <laughs> <laughs> yes, one yes, yeah like I'm like the name on all the ones that I was like I think I cried five times in Endgame sure but one part that didn't I didn't expect to cry in and I might sound stupid but you know when Thor is talking to his mom and he's like. I'm totally from the future. <laughs> I started, we, really got me. And I oh, was like, man, that's that powerful. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm it an only, me. <laughs> only child raised by a single mom. That whole scene oh. was, just right? hit me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's like, the future has not been kind to you. Yeah. And he's oh. like, I'm totally from the future. And, and I was like, ugh. And they hug, and he's just so It was sad. beautiful. They did an it amazing It could have job. been cheesy, but they just did it they so well. They did it, it so, so well. Incredible, yeah. Um, yeah, and you know what else I loved? Uh, I loved the kind of father relationship between Tony Stark and Peter yeah. Parker. Yeah. That I did not see that coming. You know, well until of course a couple movies ago. But you know that was not something I ever thought of in you know comic books. But that was a really cool twist how they did that. How how much he liked Pete, you know, cared for Peter. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yes. Yeah, first thing he says uh, to Catherine is like, "I lost the kid." I started crying, and I was like, oh, was so "Don't let him lose, Peter." Lose <laughs> <laughs> Peter. Uh, I think that's the perfect note to wrap this up. Uh, where can fans find out more information about Skillet tour dates, all the records, and all that kind of stuff? Easiest thing is Skillet.com. You can't forget that. Uh, to upcoming tour, all the dates are on there, and uh, you know, check it out, baby. Cool. Thank y'all. Thank you. Thank y'all. Awesome Thank to be y'all. Here. We love it. Oh, y'all. <laughs> See y'all. See y'all. <laughs>
Yeah, we're going to talk about that, CB and I, uh, all of those on TwimURC. That's coming up real soon. So, yeah, let us know your favorite Marvel event of the aughts. That is from 2000 through 2009. And, uh, yeah, use the hashtag This Week in Marvel. Let us know your picks and your thoughts and memories. Uh, you can also email them to us at twimpodcast at marvel.com. Of course, you can send a Facebook page. But we got a couple of emails in here this week. Yeah, from our community. We have an email from Samuel Lang. I'm just going to say that this uh, really shook me when I, I read this, but here we go. I know I'm a little late, but in the answer to the question of the week, my Marvel moment was in seventh grade. I was reading Gwenpool number one. You're a kid. That's awesome. Yeah. You're a young person. Yay, young people. But also I was like, oh, no. I was not a child when Gwenpool number one came out. I worked here. <laughs> um, anyways, to go back, a person walked by and noticed the Howard the Duck plushie and thought it was insanely cute and asked if it was a character in the book. I said yes and showed him the real Howard the Duck. He said, that is revolting. I love it. We then bonded over Howard the Duck, and now he is one of my best friends. That's so sweet. I don't just bring in a duck to life. What am I? <laughs> broken Lorraine is officially broken for this episode. Oh. Uh, it was. I love that email, Samuel. Thank you so much for that. You have truly destroyed Lorraine. <laughs> Seventh <sink>. grade. <laughs> But you know what, his Sam, you you've got to be coming close to graduating from high school soon. You know, you what are your sophomore, junior? You have junior? so many years ahead of you. It's great. I'm excited for Samuel. I am as well. Yeah. Good for you, bud. Uh, all right, we've got an email in from our pal Jason Kim over in Hawaii. He says aloha from Hawaii. This past weekend, I was at the 2019 Comic-Con Honolulu. I want to give a big shout out to my wife Dawn, who supports my expensive hobby, and lets me go to cons to meet my favorite creators. It was an incredible lineup. Hawaii's own Leah Rose, who is a professional cosplayer. She works with Aspen Comics from time to time. Howard Mackey, Amy Reader, Agnes Gar uh, Garbowska. Agnes is great. She draws some of the cutest art. Uh, David Mack, Tom Grummet, Howard Mackey, Mark Brooks, actor Ross Marquand, who is uh, the Soul Stone Red Skull in Marvel Studios' Avengers uh, Endgame and Infinity War. John Romita Jr., Tom DeFalco. Uh, and then he added a couple specific points. Tom DeFalco and his wife, Hildy, were super nice. Of course they were. And then John Remeter Jr. was awesome. He took time to talk to each fan. Not only is he an incredible artist, but a great guy who helps out St. Jude Children's Research Hospital when they need help. Oh. That was awesome. Jason continues saying, three days plus awesome guests equal worth it. Please continue to have fun making great episodes. Thank you, Jason. Oh, so nice. Karis Pollard, agent of girl, Shouted us out, said, so fitting for a time-traveling robot, hashtag Death's Head, gets this week in Marvel of the week, the week after its release. It's weird, it's fun, and it has Wiccan and Hulkling. There's some great storytelling approaches to Death's Head's POV pages and super emo goth Billy, and I want more. Teeny Howard, like, loves her goth girl vibes. Yeah. It brings me great joy. So good. I'm so glad you, uh, you enjoyed Death's Head. Hope everybody else gives, gives it a shot. Uh, Robert, Captain Rogers 44, finishes us up this week saying, To pick one moment from Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as my favorite is very hard, but I'd have to go with the beginning of Season 3. Daisy has fully stepped into her role as a leader and taken full control of her powers as Quake. Yeah, I love that moment when she busts out of the... She gets all the the inhuman goo yeah. or sh like ashiness that yep. happens, and then she busts out of her ashiness with lotion, and she's like, "Yeah, that's how I do it." Yeah, 
Real cool. Uh, that is an episode. We finished it. You guys. Uh, Triple P really enjoyed that one. She is laughing over there. I think we broke Triple P this week. Yeah. I'm the I'm the only one mentally unbroken here. I don't know if I was ever truly stable. Fair. Uh, all right. We got to go. Lots more to do. Uh, we'll be back with another episode next week. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel. Your universe. Thank you.